I'm Kristen Seavey, and you're listening to Murder, She Told. In October of 2023, Logan Clegg was convicted for the murders of Steve and Wendy Reed in Concord, New Hampshire in April of 2022. There are two episodes on this case if you want to learn more. They cover everything you need to know about who Steve and Wendy were, what happened, the investigation, and how they caught Logan Clegg and what happened at the trial. I'll link both episodes in the show notes. Go listen to those episodes if you haven't, and then come back. Or if you're caught up, you're in the right place. Because this is just a quick, very belated update. On December 15th, 2023, I had the opportunity to attend Logan's sentencing in Concord. I talked a little bit about this on TikTok that same day, which, if you're not following, you're missing out on some content that I don't post on other platforms. So you can find me there at Murder She Told. I've never been to a sentencing hearing before, and it was an interesting experience. There was a lot of people there to support Steve and Wendy and their son and their family. So by the time I got into the courtroom, the prosecution side was completely full, which this is something that we talked about in the trial update from November, where the courtroom was basically split into two sides. You have the prosecution support side, and then you have the defense side. And you can guess where most people sat. So for this, instead of it being separated by prosecution and defense, I'm pretty sure it was all just supporters of the Reeds and the state, and then the media. So I sat on the defense side next to one of Steve's tennis buddies who spoke during the victim impact statements. There was a lot of really powerful statements from friends and family. I think it just reinforced how beloved Steve and Wendy were, and how this wasn't just a loss to their family, but to the Concord community as a whole. They were so loved. And it was just really impactful seeing that love and their legacy in person. The whole hearing moved pretty slow, which wasn't something that I expected. I mean, I've seen it on TV and cut for videos on YouTube, and it just it felt like something that might move along quickly. But in reality, there was a lot of silence and a lot of waiting. After arguments from both sides and victim impact statements concluded, Judge John Kissinger asked if Logan had anything he wanted to say. Up until this point, I don't think that Logan had spoken at all, but he stood up and he had some things to say. The audio in the room was atrocious, but you could hear a pin drop on the carpeted floor. It was so quiet. So Logan insisted that he was innocent, and he thanked his lawyers for their support throughout the process. He said it wasn't their fault they lost. He then proceeded to blame Concord PD and detectives, essentially saying that they railroaded him as a suspect. He said, Those detectives did everything in their power in the last year to cheat me out of a proper trial. That fact should be obvious to anyone biased against me or not. When you have to throw sand in your opponent's eyes in order to win, that's a sure sign that you're not the one who deserves to win. He also said, If the Supreme Court agrees with me, that I may very well get a new trial. No man with any pride or dignity gives up just because he loses a single battle, especially when he knows he's in the right. If it does come to a second battle, I promise with confidence that my innocence will be made clear. So after that, Judge Kissinger went into a private room to collect his thoughts and write them all down. It was honestly kind of surreal to, one, see him in person, and also to hear him speak. I've met many families before, but I've actually never been in the same room, at least that I'm aware of, as a perpetrator of such a violent crime, and also one that I've covered. 
I've been following this case since it happened, and obviously I've seen photos of him. The only way I can describe it is that it was just a strange feeling. Personally, I think that Logan knew the judge was going to be handing him the maximum possible sentence, and I think that this was his opportunity to basically speak his mind and tell everyone off. And let me just say, it did not do him any favors, especially being the final impression before a judge decides your fate. It was very cold and very angry. You could feel the hatred he has for people, especially the people who are holding him accountable. To this day, we don't have a motive as to why he did it. And unless he speaks out in the future, which I doubt will happen, we might just have to be okay with never knowing why he did what he did. I personally don't believe there was a motive. And to me, that's one of the scariest parts of this case. The fact that somebody can just kill two innocent people, strangers, in broad daylight for no reason. When the judge came back, he addressed all parties and thanked everyone who shared statements about Steve and Wendy. And then he got right to business. No holds barred. He addressed Logan's claims that the police had a vendetta and falsified their case against him, saying, Let me be clear. There is absolutely no basis to that claim. There is no doubt in my mind that Concord police have worked tirelessly and skillfully to bring the killer of Steve and Wendy Reed to justice saying that the evidence points to Logan and Logan alone as the killer. He addressed the many lies and cover-ups Logan told and tried through the investigative process, saying, Those are not the actions of someone trying to escape a probation violation. Those are the actions of a murderer in flight from his conduct. He called Logan Clegg a stone-cold violent murderer as he imposed the sentence requested by the prosecutors. Two sentences of no less than 50 years, one for each murder, to be served consecutively. In other words, Logan Clegg will be serving no less than 100 years in prison, or effectively, life in prison. Judge Kissinger called Logan's actions a senseless, horrific murder of two innocent people and said that he wanted to make sure that Logan can never be in a position to hurt another innocent person again. He said, I truly hope he engages in rehabilitation, but there is no chance, if this sentence holds, that he will spend another day outside of prison. I'm sure there will be more to come as Logan goes through the appeals process, but there is no doubt in my mind that they got the right man. His name will slowly wilt away, rotting in a prison cell at the age of 27 until he dies. Stephen Wendy's legacy will continue to shine and live on through the memories of their loved ones, through their children, grandchildren, and friends, through tennis matches and basketball games, walks in the park, their favorite music, and through their philanthropy work and the impact they made not only on the local community, but across the world. I'll link those episodes in the show notes. If you want to learn more, head to MurderSheTold.com. I'll see you soon for another regular episode. Thank you.